0: to two sweet wrestling podcast yeah so ladies and gentlemen welcome back it is friday february 16th and this should be very interesting because i've been battling the cold all week this is episode 7 of the top Wrestling way podcast that went about as bad as i thought it would but here are the topics for today why WWE should put the title on braun Strowman. What is going on with Dolph Ziggler? This WWE shifting to co-branded pay-per-views. My entire thoughts on that and what it means going forward. Paul Heyman with Grand Rapazi or Roman Reigns? I'll get my thoughts on that. And we have Impact Wrestling News as well. WrestleCon Redemption. And I also get my thoughts on the main event last night and Brian Cage. Also for the first time in Sweet Podcast. history, we're going to talk some basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. The Cavs, dude, are there new players enough to take down the Golden State Warriors? We'll get into that and more, but first, let's get into some house cleaning, house cleaning here. Excuse me. I'm on Potomatic only today. You can follow me on Potomatic. Also, feel free to check out my T Public store, slash user slash OMG Corey B. Got a King of Strong style t shirt up. And a of Stone style t-shirt up. We'll have more to come eventually. I also leave the timestamps for this podcast as well. On the homepage. And the homepage is twosweet.podomatic.com. On the homepage, it lists all of the podcasts from this show. You can go there. You can find all the podcasts. You can play them at Will. Also, download this episode because I like Potomatics playback feature. It is just well, like I say all the time, but I like to download podcasts when I listen to podcasts because it, it helps me out. I know how to personally get around on my phone. So let's get into this. And oh, if I didn't mention it by the way, you can find me on Twitter at OMG and at the number two sweet hide. So let's get right on into this. I don't want to waste any more time. First up. We're going to talk about why WWE should put the title on Braun Strowman. Man, what a segment that was last Monday on Raw. I mean, I got to admit, look, I, I don't like my, normally, I don't like my big men in, in the segments, the, the comedy segments, that's supposed to try to humanize somebody, and it's supposed to be funny. and Normally, I don't like my big men in that, but... Braun Strowman pulled it off! I gotta say he pulled it off all the way to the point to where I was folded overlapping. and I gotta admit when he said well I thought he was about to say it's the big show. It, I would really folded overlapping, laughing if he did that but that's beside the point. Braun Strowman did an awesome job in that segment the crowd is all over this guy and that brings me to my point the fans love this guy and There's not many times where excuse me, told you I've been battling the cold all week, but it's not many times where you can get momentum with a guy where the fans just love him to death, and that's what we have here. And he's not doing a whole lot because Strowman, it, it reminds me of the time when Steve Austin was hurt. And Steve Austin didn't have a concrete storyline. He was just going around stunning people because he was hurt. I mean, that's just what they was doing and the fans just loving it. And Braun Strowman, they don't have a concrete storyline with him. He's just going around wreaking havoc and the fans just love him because he's wreaking havoc. They want to see more and more and more of it. So it's pretty interesting because the fans want more of it, but it seems like we're not getting enough of Braun Strowman because as I look at the Wrestlemania, our storylines in Wrestlemania possible situations, once we get around to this time, I like to look at the, the quote unquote dance partners for Wrestlemania and... I did this with John Cena I think with John Cena last year. I was like, man, Cena is left out. I don't know who they're going to put with him. And it ended up being uh Oh, Baron Corbin and he was like, uh, uh, whatever. But I see that with Braun Strowman this year. I don't see anybody like I don't really see anybody that they have that's that he can be in a WrestleMania situation with that's going to make any sense. Uh, the only guys that, that I kind of see, the prominent guys that I see without a dance part or partner or are left out at WrestleMania right now is The Miz, Balor, and Reigns. And I wouldn't mind that being a a version of that happening for the Intercontinental title. And who knows? I don't know what's going on with Dean Ambrose. Maybe he comes back in time and gets something going with Seth Rollins. But with Braun Strowman, I mean, what's left over? Triple H? I mean, no disrespect to Triple H, but that's just not good enough anymore. For, especially for the path of tra- the tra- trajectory of the path that Braun Strowman is on. <clears throat> I mean, a match with Triple H just doesn't do it for me. So I look at him and he gets criticized for not doing a whole lot and I mean people say all he does is flip things over and I mean that's all he really can do because WWE creative is not, not really giving him anything to work with but he's putting on his feats of strength and we need a, a payoff somewhere so the only possible thing is the WrestleMania main event and into the title because what else makes sense Because the the biggest factor here is momentum. And Braun Strowman had this momentum when he was going to face Brock Lesnar the the very first time. I forget which pay-per-view it was. I don't remember, but he was facing Brock Lesnar for the very first time. They had a horrible match, and Brock Brock beat him with one F5 out of nowhere. And it was just underwhelming. So he built up Braun Strowman, lost that match, built up his momentum again. And then lost out in the triple threat match. Didn't take a pop, the fall, but he lost out in the triple threat match with uh, Braun Strowman and Kane. So he, he, here we are again. He's building up that momentum again. And like I don't know how many times WWE expects him to keep building up this type of momentum before the fans just give up on the dude. Like we need to get something going with Braun Strowman. A certain storyline going with Braun Strowman so that the fans can really get invested into this guy and I'm gonna say my pick, I have picks for the Elimination Chamber coming up, I I got two situations that I got going forward and it's either Roman LOL Roman wins or Roman and Braun wins somehow they both pin each other but we'll see, stay tuned for that so I mean I'm gonna be very disappointed if Braun Strowman isn't in the main event because he will lose all of his momentum and speaking of momentum Dolph Ziggler man oh man okay Dolph Ziggler they start the storyline with Dolph Ziggler and he drops the bell and walks off, walks out of the ring there's no explanation you don't you don't deserve me that's what it, that's what his explanation was and they had me interested i think they had everybody to a man to a woman to a boy to a girl interested into what this storyline would be like what's going on with Dolph ziggler even i had my you know creative storyline booking that you know maybe he's going to show up with the wcw united states championship belt and say that you know this would you know the United States title meant something when it was in WCW, and all of this going forward, and you know you could have did anything with him, but he comes back at the Royal Rumble unannounced at number thirty, and he just gets dumped out unceremoniously, and like at the Royal Rumble they they just killed all of his momentum, and. It's, it's, it's just incredible and I know he signed a new contract so he's going in with the WWE and I don't fault him there for signing a new contract I mean to every man himself you know if he feels that's right for his career for his life then more power to him but looking at the way that they, they've booked Dolph Ziggler over the years it's just one constant thing with Dolph Ziggler he has one great moment and then nothing like, for instance, the title versus career match with Ziggler and The Miz. The great moment, he beat uh, uh, The Miz, beat The Miz, and then nothing. And there's so many great moments of over his career in WWE, and then it turns out that they don't really do anything with it, and then that's what I see going forward with this Match this recent match, excuse me, on SmackDown that he had with Sami Zayn, they tore the house down. It was just a phenomenal match. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Had a super exploder off the top rope, for goodness sake. I enjoyed that match. But it's a great match. And at this March pay per view, he's gonna, at fast lane, he's gonna go down back down to nothing as he loses the match. So, I mean, I don't get what the end game here is with Dolph Ziggler. Like, there's so many questions to be answered. Like, why would Daniel Bryan even put him in the match, first of all, after he left them high and dry? And, I mean, why would Dolph Ziggler even come back? And, I mean, look, it just seems like WWE got to a point to where they never really thought anything out or either that or what they thought out as close to the as they got to the point to that point they realized that what they thought out was not going to be good enough so they just dropped the storyline altogether. that's what it seems like here with Dolph Ziggler so I'm interested to see what goes on with Dolph I wish him the best but it just looks like they missed out on a huge opportunity here So moving on, we're going to move into some Impact Wrestling news. Impact Wrestling will be, excuse me, hosting WrestleCon. Will be, excuse me, having an event at WrestleCon on Twitch. on, On that Friday, the weekend of Wrestlemania. All of the top names from Impact Wrestling will be there. And I find this very interesting. Because there's a lot of stuff going on that weekend. Um, man, Supercard, Ring of Honors going on that weekend on that Saturday. Uh, we got Takeover going on that Saturday. We got UFC. They're, they got their pay-per-view event going on that Saturday. So that's gonna be. Re- bananas but back to the original news their WrestleCon event is going to be on Friday so they will be going head up with WWE's Hall of Fame event to which I think that's a phenomenal idea if you're gonna run that event and if you're gonna run that on your Twitch channel and if you want to have people come again on your channel the best the better idea is to run it on the Hall of Fame night and not on TakeOver and not on Wrestlemania day and I, I mean I got to give you know ring of honor just going head up with take over there take over here They just don't care, so we will see how that works out But I'll be looking forward to this event. I'll definitely be watching Russell event the Hall of Fame if they build this up If they build this WrestleCon event up well enough, I'll definitely be watching it and I'll be tuning in on the Hall of Fame here and there, but I'll be checking out this event first and foremost. So moving on, we have Impact Wrestling also introduced that they have a new pay-per-view. It will be called Redemption. It will be on April 22nd and it will be in Orlando. Look this is a pretty cool name. Like I miss the cool names on pay-per-views. WWE has bought back some, including Backlash. I always thought Backlash was a cool name, but Redemption is a pretty darn cool name. And I'm looking forward to this pay-per-view. It's a brand new Impact event. The first since Genesis, if I'm not not mistaken, the first pay-per-view, the first new pay-per-view since Genesis. So I'm looking forward to this, I'm interested in it, and I'm interested to see how it all plays out with the build we'll be heading into this event. And I'll be very much paying attention to it. So moving on, we had Impact Wrestling last night, Brian Cage made his debut in a squash match, and if you're not debuting a big name in a big angle, the squash match is the way to go and it was everything that it needed to be. Brian Cage got all of his offense in. He looked great. This guy's a future main eventer, future uh, future Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, not WWE Champion, future Impact Wrestling Champion. And I'm looking forward to his trajectory in his career in Impact Wrestling. I'm excited for the guy. Lucha Underground, he did some phenomenal things there. And I've been following following him ever since he had that tryout. Well, not tryout match, we had an X Division match in Impact Wrestling years ago. I thought Impact Wrestling should have signed him then. But they've signed him now. He had an excellent, nice squash match, showcased all of his athletic ability and his power. So I'm looking forward to him going looking forward to him and his storylines going forward. Also, the main event last night for Impact Wrestling was really good. Austin Aries and Eli Drake put on a show. I gotta tell you, as I to take, take a drink of water here, excuse me, Eli Drake, his athletic ability goes mightily unnoticed. Because the guy has such a big personality, I mean, nobody pays attention to his in-ring prowess, and that goes unnoticed, and he had another phenomenal match with Austin Aries, we know Austin Aries to be the greatest man to ever live, phenomenal wrestler and all of that, and the third, they both went out and they had a fantastic match, Uh, in my opinion, I wanted that to be a longer feud, like I wanted that to be played out into a long feud, but it is what it is. They had a phenomenal match, and it'll be interesting to see what these guys have going forward, what the storyline with Austin Aries will be going forward, who the number one contender will be going forward, and what will be going forward for Brian Cage. I'm looking forward to that, and I will be interested in that, and I will be paying attention to that going forward. So, moving on, we have the WWE co-branded pay-per-views. So, this was quite the head scratcher when I first saw the storyline. Uh, someone, uh, an email was sent out by the ticket master that said that WWE Backlash in May was originally scheduled, while it was originally scheduled to be a raw pay per view, it will now be a dual branded show. So, Russell Votes has broken the story that all WWE pay-per-views will now be dual-branded, starting with the Backlash. So I gotta say that I'm not the biggest fan of this because look, a lot can get lo- lo- lost stuff in the shuffle. We were talking about two different rosters, and we're not talking about in the Nebrine split yet. I'm going to get into that yet later. But we're talking about two different rosters with a whole different set of storylines. And like I look at dual branded pay-per-views, sure it adds, it does some good things in that it adds some intrigue with two world titles on pay-per-views. But, how are we going to fit all these storylines and narratives into one card? Like, how is the United States title and the Intercontinental title going to get defended on one pay-per-view? The team, both sets of tag team titles, both sets of women's titles, and both sets of world titles with the storylines that don't involve titles in them. So how are we going to do that? And I mean, the only answer to that is that it's just going to be some people that going, that's going to get left off every month slash get put on the pre-show and like sometimes you can make the argument that less is more here and that like it's just too much in that in my opinion in that we're gonna have co-branded look if you're gonna do the co-branded pay-per- views you might as well end the brand split because Stuff is going to be stuffed in every month and people are going to be complaining about how their favorites are not on the show and to be honest I think this is the the start of the end of the brand split in my opinion. We're going to go a few paper, some pay per views where we're going to do this and then brand splits are going to be over just like they did it before when they broke up the previous brand split. So I, I... look there's some positives to this sure we're gonna get some bigger names on each pay-per-view every month every month every month does that dilute pay-per-views does that eventually dilute the bigger pay-per-views we'll see going forward when it happens but I'm not such a big fan because some people are gonna be left off the card on a normal basis so moving on to the final wrestling topic of the day We have Paul Heyman, yes indeed we had a story that came out that said that there has been a lot of talk about what to do with Paul Heyman if Brock Lesnar leaves WWE. Two ideas that have been mentioned is that he could be a mouthpiece for Ronda Rousey. Another idea that has been mentioned is that he could be a mouthpiece, or he could manage Roman Reigns with the idea of Roman Reigns turning heel as champion. So I gotta be I gotta be honest. I found a lot of this interesting. I'm gonna find I'll start out with the Roman Reigns point. i pulling first blush. I gotta say that I don't think it's such a good idea. I don't think it's the right idea, should I say, for him to manage Roman Reigns. Here's why I've been on the kick that they should have turned Roman Reigns heel years ago. Like, if they would have listened. And I don't know if it was the majority of the fans, but it was a good portion of us saying three, two, three, four years ago that, hey, you, you need to turn this guy heel because the fans hate him. You go ahead and turn him heel, then the fans are going to like him, then you can flip him back face. They could have flipped him back face by now. But looking at this scenario, this scenario would have played out perfect if... Paul Heyman would have turned on Brock Lesnar when Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar first faced off at WrestleMania because Roman Reigns was very green as it pertains to his promo and having Paul Heyman on the mic would have just been perfect. It would have just been perfect. But as it pertains now, if you're going to turn Roman Reigns heel at this point, he needs to be his own mouthpiece. Because he gets hated enough once he grabs the mic. I mean, look at the promo after WrestleMania when he retired The Undertaker. Or to to what we assume to be a retired Undertaker. I don't think he's done yet. Just me personally. But he gets enough heat on his own acting as a heel character. He's shown that he can be the cocky, arrogant heel that can tick off a crowd. So if they ever wanted to go down that route, they might as well just go down with it with Reigns and let him be a cocky, smug, arrogant heel and just make money off of it and then just flip him whenever you want to. It would make for a WrestleMania moment, I'll tell you that much. But moving on to on that subject, I think the better move is Heyman. And Ronda Rousey. Like, because like. <clears throat> I don't know anything about Ronda Rousey. Like. Can, she, can Does she even have the ability. To cut a promo. On her own. Like. She didn't even speak in the WWE ring. And even when I watch her on UFC. It's not like. Ronda Rousey was. Floyd Mayweather. Where. Floyd Mayweather just carried these fights, the build to these fights, on his own with his mouth. And people would hate him, and he just just keep talking and talking and talking, and that will get people interested in the fight. I don't know if Ronda Rousey has that ability to cut a promo. So, I mean, there's a lot of mystery with Ronda Rousey. Can she adapt to wrestling? Maybe she can adapt to wrestling. But can she do the things to get over on her own as a wrestler? Because that's what she's going to have to do. And like that's questionable in itself. I don't know if she can do that. But putting her with Paul Heyman, that could be easily done by Paul Heyman. Like the fans, okay, the fans want to cheer Paul Heyman. But the fans, look, this thing is going to be rocky with Ronda Rousey because, uh, look, it, she got the great response at the Royal Rumble. I think that was because it was a, it was a surprise moment. And I think you, you heard the response where Kurt Angle said that she would have her contract signing at Elimination Chamber. It was a tepid response with a lot of boos. So it, it's already... Already off to a rocky response, so It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to try to see if you can get Paul Heyman in with Ronda Rousey to work his magic and I mean if the face thing doesn't work with Ronda Rousey go ahead and flip a heel if they're they're booing her Flip a heel that could work out greatly with Paul Heyman as well so moving on to the final topic We're going to get to some NBA, the association. do the Cleveland Cavaliers have enough to beat the Golden State Warriors. The Cleveland Cavaliers just overhauled their entire roster. I mean, they just traded half their team basically for uh, some young guys. Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, Rodney Hood, uh, George Hill. And I mean, look. I think there's a lot of overreaction going on as it pertains to these trades to these moves to these players like I'm a die-hard uh, liquor fan I know Joy Clarkson I know Larry Nance they're really good players but they're talking about Joy, Joy Clarkson and Larry Nance like they are the second coming to role players and I'm like come on man these are, this is the Golden state warriors and we're talking about these players like they're stars what the Cavaliers did was that they went from old and horrible to young and average and uh, average is just not enough to be Golden State because when we get to the playoffs the playoffs are gonna be filled with big moments and stars. Look when we get to the Conference Finals to the Finals stars are the players that come through in those moments. Stars are what carry teams and looking at the Cavs, they have lebron james and kevin love kevin love is not a superstar he's a star but he's not a superstar to carry a team to a finals or be a number two in the finals if you ask me so looking at the Cavs roster sure they are younger they can defend better they are more athletic they are deeper off the bench but when it comes down to it Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant is gonna be on the court, and you gotta do something with those four guys. And looking at you know, looking at the West, it's gonna be more of a challenge for the Warriors to get through the West this year. I still think they will get through the West this year, but even if they didn't, and let's say the Rockets got through the West this year, I would still give the Rockets the edge over the Cavs. Clearly, I would still give the Rockets the edge because. Look, the Rockets are a team to where they are gonna shoot the lights out. The Rockets, they're gonna shoot the lights out. They have a phenomenal team. I just don't think they match up well with the Warriors. I think they would beat the Cavs, but I think they try. The Rockets try to beat the Warriors at their own game, which is shooting threes, and I think that's gonna work in the playoffs once once the playoffs start. So I think the Rockets have a chance, have a better chance if they were to make it to the Cavs. But I just just don't see them making it at all past the Warriors. So, in my opinion, it's going to be the Warriors and the Cavs again for the fourth straight time. I hope this is the last Warriors-Cavs matchup we get in the finals because I'm tired of it. But, it's going to be Warriors-Cavs. And the Warriors, it's going to be the Warriors in five games again. Because the Cavs will not have the firepower to match up with them. So, that's it for today. Those are all the topics. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at OMG Corey B and at Two Sweet Pie. and also be sure to keep up with me on YouTube as well. At OMG Corey B, I'm on YouTube as well. I do singular videos on YouTube about wrestling, and soon to come sports and entertaining entertainment. Excuse me. So check that out. OMG Corey B, feel free to check that out.